0: Welcome to New Breed Present Community, a place where we experience perfection unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Join us as Pastor David of Genero teaches and divides the word of truth, Be blessed as you listen to the sermon. In Christ, we are God's New Breed. We receive light and understanding, we receive clarity and direction, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Nice to see. Praise the Lord. Open the Bible to Acts Chapter Eight. Acts Chapter Eight. Oh, glory, glory, glory. Malakatu sebe Acts of the Apostles, chapter number eight. From verse 26, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, an an eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, Read Isaiah's the prophets. Now, let me explain what we just read. So, there was a man, that, according to this verse of the Bible, described as the utopian eunuch, the Ethiopian eunuch, who was in charge of all the money that belonged to Candace, queen of Ethiopia. Are you following me? He came to jerusalem to worship god and after he had worshipped he was going back are you following me and philip was around that area and the spirit of god the angel of the, of the lord began to direct him towards where this man was so we can continue right so verse 8 says this man was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. What, what does it mean there? He was it means that he was reading the book of Isaiah. You follow me? Read Isaiah the prophet. And the spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah, meaning he was reading the book, he was reading that. Part of the Bible out. So I'm reading it out. So the Bible says, Philip heard him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandeth thou what thou readest? Meaning, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, How can I accept some man should guide me? Do you see that? And he desired Philip that he will come up and sit with him. What does it mean to desire? It means, and he asked Philip to come and sit with him. So Philip got to this great man of authority who was actually and obviously seeking God. He came to Jerusalem to worship. And after he had worshipped, We don't know whether he found God or not. But he came to Jerusalem to worship. And after he had worshipped, he was on his way back. And the Holy Spirit supernaturally orchestrated that Philip the Evangelist will meet with this Ethiopian eunuch. And Philip asked him, do you understand what you are reading? And the man made a very profound statement which we should pay attention to he said how can i accept some man should guide me you know many people all over the world have tried to speak against the fact that must you must you allow another man in place to work with god that everybody should find god for himself well <laughs> god has ordained that men learn about him from other men are you following this? No. This was the Holy Spirit. Now, if we read from verse 26, the Bible says, The angel of the Lord spoke to Philip. Arise, go towards the south, onto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Geza. Now, this was the angel of the Lord and the Spirit of the Lord participating to ensure that they get Philip to this man. Why didn't the angel of the Lord go to the man directly? Are you following me? Why didn't the angel of the Lord go to this man? Why didn't an angel just appear on his chariot and say, Hello, Enoch, I am the angel of the Lord. I'm here to explain to you the scripture. Because it's not God's order. Check all true scripture. When God wanted to, 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 to get a people to know him, he would send them a man. Now, does that erase the place of the spirit? While the man is teaching, the Holy Spirit bears witness in them that this is of God. Praise the Lord. Let's continue. So, that means in learning about God, teaching is important. Guidance is important. In fact, it can be said that a major contributing factor to what you become in your Christian faith is who is guiding you. And that is the reason why we established this Monday growth and discipleship class. A class intentionally designed to teach what we are called the first principles. So last week, where did we stop? Last week we said that. Based on Hebrews chapter 6, from verse 1 to verse 2, we established, was it five or six principles of the doctrine of Christ? How many were they? Six of them. And we we took our flight from Hebrews chapter 5, from verse 12, it says, For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again which be the first principles of the oracles of God. And we we, we explain that there is something called the first principles of the oracles of God. Praise the Lord. And have become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. Now, verse 13 says, For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. Now, what does that also imply? It implies that these first principles is what you can call the milk of God's word. You can imagine. You know, Ken Hagin said one time that he studied the Bible to the point where he found that most of what many believers have learned is not even up to what is called the milk. Hagin said it's not up to milk. What many people have believed on for years is that after twelve years of ministry, he told God to forgive him. That there are children of people things that that could not even be called milk. You can imagine. Verse 13 says, For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the world of righteousness, for it is a babe. Verse 14, But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those by who by reason of use have exercised their senses, to discern both good and evil. Now, chapter 6, verse 1, it says, Therefore, living the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not playing again game, the foundation of what? repentance from dead works that's number one number two and of faith toward god number three of the doctrine of baptisms and of the laying on of hands and of the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment and we began with repentance from dead works last week this Monday. today we will make progress into faith toward god but let me give a short recap of last week's teaching repentance from dead works you know we explained that it's called principle principle means the way a thing functions what is principle principle is the way a thing works the way a thing functions so if he called these things the first principles of the doctrine of christ it means you cannot fully grasp the revelation, the teaching, the doctrine of Christ without the principles, without understanding these principles. Praise the Lord. And the first principle was the principle of repentance. And if this is a principle, it is something that you will keep on encountering all throughout your what with God. Repentance, and we said repentance on a basic level means to change your way of thinking. And acting to receive his own. And we also explain that at many instances in your work with God, if you will make spiritual progress, you will have to forsake your way and receive his way. that, that that's the cross of the Christian faith. You must, if you have not come through the road of repentance, you, you've not really made journey. You cannot claim to have come through Christ and still hold on to those things that you had before, before you came through him. You know, when John the Apostle, John the, the, the Baptist came on the scene, what did he say? He said, Repent. Why? The kingdom of God is at hand. At any point you find out that the standpoint of the kingdom is different from your own standpoint, the Bible gives only one option. That option is to do what? Repent. Praise the Lord. And, you know, repent for many people. They think repentance is just all about stopping bad things to start doing good, to start doing good things. No, it's a principle in God's kingdom. For instance, you are going through something. God comes and says, No, you are a victim. You you keep looking at the challenge. God is saying, This is what I've made you. You are keep looking at the challenge. God says, Repent. Are you following this? Remove your eye from what you are going through and fix your eye on what God is saying. That principle is called what? Repentance. It's a principle all throughout God's journey. So you are sleeping in the night. God taps you up to wake up and pray, but you want to sleep back. What are you going to do? Will you continue your sleep or will you continue the prayer? The Bible says, repent. Stop your own and choose his own. Who is following me? And he called it something else. He added another, another cross to it. Repentance from dead works. Meaning, anything you will do after the outside the option that God is giving you is called death. Uh, who is following me? Any other option you choose outside the option that God is offering unto you is called death. It's a basic principle in the kingdom of God. Are you following this? Principle number one is called what? Repentance from dead works. That is the first principle in the doctrine of Christ. And I give you an instance that imagine a person went to a school. You did not register. But you attended all the classes. You were a very active bowler. You played in the school team. But you do not register. You will not have results. Everything you do outside the option that God has created for you, the Bible calls it what? Dead works. So, if you like, carry all your goods and give to the poor, but you refuse to believe in Jesus Christ, the Bible calls it what? Dead works. Philanthropy is not Christianity. A Christian will be a good philanthropist. But being a philanthropist in itself does not make you born again. Are you following me? Being moral, morality. Oh, he's a nice person. Oh, he's a, he's a nice guy. He's not Christianity. You can be moral without Christ. Christ is saying, believe in me and you have salvation. No, you say I want to be moral first. That is my own morality that will end salvation. As long as you choose your own way and you refuse to choose his own, <laughs> that your morality is dead works. Then I showed you a scripture, a very touching scripture last, last week, Monday. Romans chapter 10 from verse 1. Now, this is Paul writing. About Israelites, he was talking about them to people of Rome. See what he said there. Very important verse. <laughs> it says, Brethren, Romans 10 verse 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Now, see verse 2. Says for a bare record that they have a zeal for God but not according to what? Knowledge. Meaning, it is, imp- it is very possible to be ze- zealous and wrong. You can be very spiritually zealous eh? and not even be saved. Because the first principle in the doctrine of Christ is repentance from dead works. You must say, I refuse my own and choose what? His own. own. If you are very serious in your own way, that your own way. is called dead works. Imagine you, call, you had a, a, a steward, somebody working for you. Let's assume a houseboy or your driver. You say, John, I want you to buy something for me. He says, okay, I'm going to buy it. So wait, let me tell you, I'm going to buy it. He goes, buys one carton of chicken, buys something else and brings. I bought it. He said, is that what I asked you to buy? He said, but I bought, I bought something. He said, Mr. Man, this is not, you have come down to hear what I asked you to buy. Don't you know I already have five cartons of chicken in my freezer? Are you following me? This is the big challenge for many people. God is revealing His will to them. And remember, I told you this is a principle. All short your journey, you have this kind of thing. God is saying, Don't be here, be here. If this person, this thing, you know, no, they are still trying to explain to God. But no, Lord, you see, this thing. <laughs> see, that thing you are doing, it does not carry weight. Praise the Lord. So now, if I have to leave my own opinion and choose his own, what is the guarantee that his own will be what I need? That takes us to the next principle. You need what? Faith. Let's go to to Hebrews chapter 6. So you will see the way this thing is arranged. You know that the Bible is intentional. Hebrews that 6, from this one. Hebrews 6, from this one. It says, Therefore, leaving the, the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us come to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. So, the first foundation he spoke of is what? The foundation of what? Repentance from dead works. And what? And of. Faith toward God. So now that God is asking me to (coughs) change my mind and choose his own way, what is the guarantee? What guarantee do I have that I shouldn't trust in my own deeds, but trust in his own? I need something. Faith. I must have what faith toward God. Praise the Lord. So what really is faith? Now, there are many definitions of faith that you can you may have heard before. But you see, there is something called basic understanding. Basic understanding. Why this class is called a a growth and discipleship class because in in, in classes like this, we have to go down to the very roots. Are you following me? We have to go down to the very very depth of the roots. You know, somebody can say faith is really believing God. Faith now, somebody else tell you faith is the currency of heaven. Is it true? Yes. But why is it true? There is a reason. You need to understand the basic. What really is faith? What is faith? Let's see what faith is. Now, if you look through the Bible, faith is mentioned. But the only place that faith is explained, is attempted to be explained, is in the book of Hebrews. is talked about in Romans, in the Old Testament, but the writer of the book of Hebrews went further to begin to give. You must have done that only by the Spirit. revelation of what is faith. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 10, Hebrews 10, from verse 35. Now, what you are going to hear me teach now may may not be common, but you see, that's why it's new. For, for instance, discipleship. Let's look at it. Hebrews ten verse thirty-five. It says, "Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward." Are you following this? Verse thirty-six. It says, "For ye have need of patience." That after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come, will come and will not tarry. Verse 38. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Verse 39. But you are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Let's start again. Verse 35. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which are great recompense of the world. Why is he saying this? Now, you need to really understand what is going on here. To get what's happening then you may have read the whole book of Hebrews, but let me give you a brief summary. You see, if, 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 even if you carelessly glance through the book of Hebrews, there are many things he's talking about there. You see him talk about Magister there. You see him talk about the Temple, the Old Testament. He's really talking about those Jewish things. All those Hebrew stuff that was happening in the, the Temple, this one, that one. You see him talk about in Hebrews chapter 5. He talks about Aaron. He talks about the High Priest. Are you following me? if you glance through the book of Two major things were happening to the, to the people he was writing to. Number one, these people already had a foundation of God, but that foundation was based on everything that Moses has done. Praise the Lord. Everything that Moses had done and all of, all of that. And the writer was trying to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to them. But they were rejecting it. So the writer of Hebrews wrote this book to explain primarily that Jesus is better. So in chapter 1 to chapter 2, you see him say, explain how he's better than the angels. You see him say, to which of the angels has he said, that was my son, this day I begun to see you, sit at my right hand. He said, what oh, are angels? Are they not those ministering spirits say to minister to those who shall be heads of salvation? Then he goes further, explains, explains, explains in chapter 5, he now begins to explain that Jesus has a better priesthood. You will not see him explain how that Jesus is of a higher priesthood than Levi. He said, without controversy, the less, the better, the better. What, why did he say that? He was saying that, there was, in, in the Hebrew culture, there is what is called the Aaronic priesthood, which came out of the steps of Laban. Now, it was, Israelites knew only about the Aaronic priesthood. Aaron was their priest. But Aaron was actually in Abraham. Are you following me? Aaron was actually a descendant of Abraham. And Abraham was blessed by Melchizedek. Now, he was saying that Jesus Christ was made a priest after the order of Melchizedek. So, if Jesus Christ is made a priest after the order of Melchizedek, that means Aaron, who was in Abraham, was submitting to Jesus. Are you getting? That was the explanation he was saying that which has controversy. The less is the best of the better. That means Jesus has a better priesthood. Are you getting this? I know you are not. You have to read the book of Hebrews to get it. Don't worry. It will come. I'm going somewhere. Also, these people that he was writing to they were going through persecution, so they were at the point where that should they believe in Jesus Christ, because they they, they are they are battling with the law of Moses or whether is it who is better, is it Moses or is it Jesus? <coughs> Secondly, the people who, are, who have now believed and now undergoing persecution. So some guys are like, are you sure this thing is even worth it? So the book of Hebrews is actually a defense of the faith to people going through these two circumstances. If you read the book of Ephesians, it doesn't talk about the old covenant. It just goes straight to what they are in Christ. It starts talking about... Because see, there was no past of Old Testament... Who is following this? I know, sorry. I know this team, eh? Praise the Lord. It's discipleship class. But just follow me. So these two matters were on ground. Now, many of these Christians, or people who are about to become Christians, undergoing well, these two circumstances, we're losing faith. Are you sure we should follow this team? So you see him say, Let us labor, therefore, let's follow after the same example of unbelief. If you read the book of Hebrews, you know that I need to even say it on underneath. Many people want to study the Bible, they want to know the Bible. But you cannot be a good student of the Bible without being a less, a, a good Bible reader. There are many things that if you are taught without reading the Bible, even if the Holy Ghost is to teach you something, teach you something if you are not a, a good Bible reader, you it's not connected. For the first six to eight months of my Christian work, I was reading the New Testament back to back. It was there that I was on that, ah, I saw this verse in the Old Testament. What's it doing here? Ah, maybe there is something. Then sometimes I was see some verses in the Old Testament. The way Jesus would quote it and re-explain it. For instance, just to say, Moses said this, but now I say, you have it's written in your law. This, 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 this. But now I say, ah, so this Bible is actually there is a connection between these two parts. You see, that I found that out that out by Bible reading. So I will say I want to decide this Bible reading. I, I think my own conversion process happened by just reading the Bible, and I've seen many, many other people who just got saved by reading the bible just reading the bible play me like that to, see the expression of the word of god itself has power to change you praise the lord so many had lost confidence due to all they have faced they were struggling if they should believe or not especially because they have not even seen christ and they were expecting his return you know when jesus told the apostles I will go and come back. Many of them thought you would come back in their lifetime. <laughs> Who is following me? There was an urgency. So, the writer of Hebrews writes to them in verse 35. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. It says, Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense of the world, for ye have need of patience, after that ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. What is the promise? Verse 37. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. He's talking about the coming of Christ. The promise is the what? The coming of Christ. In this context, the promise is what? The coming of Christ. See, for ye have enough patience. patience. After ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Verse 38. Now... The just shall live by faith. That takes me somewhere. What did he say? Now! So, when you are waiting for the promise of Christ to come, what do you do now? You live by faith. I want to take you to the roots. You know, a motivational speaker can say Faith. Oh, just have faith. Just have faith. Believe it or have does That's good. But there is Bible faith. There is the spiritual faith of the Christian. How will I explain now? Of the Christian devotion. He says, while we are waiting for the promise of Christ to come, what do we do now? We live by faith. On this note, I will present to you the first definition of faith. Faith is the life of the believer in anticipation of the coming of Christ. Are you following this? I will go again. Faith is the life of the believer in anticipation of the coming of Christ. I know that definition may look clumsy. I will break it down. Because the writer of Hebrews, not, he didn't just stop there, he went for that to break it down. Also, faith is that life that a person displays, that when you look at it, you know that this guy, there is something else controlling really him. There is something he's looking forward to, for him to act like this. Are you following this? For him to act like this, there is something he's looking to. Something. We cannot see the thing, but there is something invisible controlling him. Are you, are you getting this now? <laughs> so he says in verse 39, We are not of them that draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. he saying, when you see a man drop back, that thing, he doesn't have it. He did not get it in the first place. Because when you believe, it causes salvation of your soul. When you see a person drop back, it means that conviction, that invisible conviction and hope, that causes a person to act in such a way that we know that, oh, this guy is, there is something he's looking forward to he has not gotten it yet are you following me yeah. now let's let's go on to chapter 11 chapter 11 now goes for that break it down more and I'll be giving you definition of faith as we go on like that so from that very complex definition of faith we we'll start breaking it down before you start talking about money I need faith for this, I need faith for money, I need faith for that. There is a there's a <laughs> there's a basis, do you understand? There's a conclave of foundation on which this thing stands on. When you understand faith like this, you now know why sometimes faith does it looks like it works and does not work, and now we begin to explain. Chapter 11. And that goes further. that. It says verse 1 now. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. What else did he say? The evidence of things not seen. So, remember, they are not seeing Christ. But, they are seeing people who believed and the Christ life is real at work in them. So, that is evidence that there is a, there is a greater life who is holy. You see somebody, he has not seen Jesus Christ, but Jesus Christ has preached to him and he accepts it. And all of a sudden, change begins to happen. That life is an evidence that there is a, a, a coming life. Are you following this? It's a testimony that Jesus is coming, that there is a greater light beyond this one. Are you seeing the interplay? What I'm trying to do? It's not so easy to explain, but it's the Bible. Are you getting it? It says, Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Verse 3, Through faith, we... Now, bon- na- He's taking it deeper now. He's bringing it down to where you can relate to it. He says, through faith we understand that the walls were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. He's saying, faith is the evidence. Faith helps us to understand that the physical can be regulated by the invisible. Are, are you getting this? So remember, we started from repentance from dead works. So now God is saying, remove your trust from what you can see, hear, touch. Remove your trust from what you can do by your own self, and switch to my own opinion. Lord, how will I know that your own opinion is good for me? He will give you an evidence. Are you following me? Holding on to that evidence is called faith. Holding on to that substance is called faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I'm looking for you and for some other examples now to break it down for you so let's let's use a common example faith of faith daily practice of faith before we start going into believing god for stuff and all that let's use a great example imagine you were in a room with jesus imagine you were sitting with jesus your room, and a friend of yours came and said, It's Isaac. I'm very sick. I'm very, very sick. I need to do something to help me. What would you do? Bad. Shit. Put it off and let's check the, the cord. I don't know where you kept the cord imagine you are very and he came to your room and told you that what will you do you will just simply say jesus pray for this guy why because you know that this guy has all the power right he's telling you even though now you are not seeing jesus when that your sick friend come pray for him in jesus name you get it so you can't see jesus physically but you hold on to what his name that's holding on to his name as an evidence to pray for this guy that demonstration is called faith are you getting it now Let's see another example. Imagine you're in your room, and you wanted to watch, God forbid, but imagine a guy is in his room, and you wanted to watch pornography. And Jesus is also in that room. Will you watch it? Remember, as you want to, <laughs> as you want to play that secular song, and Jesus is around, you you think to yourself first, Jesus is in this room, and I want to play secular. He said, even though he's not there now, even though you cannot physically see him, act like he was there. (laughs) Do you understand? When somebody sees you living holy, are you following this? You are living holy, and there is no body pushing you around, chasing you around. What is making this guy to live like this? It's called what? I gave you an example when you left I said imagine you were in a room and Jesus was in the room and your friend walked into the room and said sister I'm very sick He's an need help. I'm very very sick what would you do you would say Jesus you are here address this matter But now, your sister walks into your room and you cannot physically see Jesus. What does it tell you to do? You pray in Jesus' name. Do you, you understand? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That evidence you hold on to, that even though I cannot see it, it is real. I, I, are you seeing that? That love that demonstrates that even though I cannot see Christ, Christ is real. That life is called faith. So how does faith work? Faith works when men choose to stick with the conviction of God's word and God's spirit in spite of what they see. Let me say that again. Faith works when men choose to speak, stick to the conviction of God's word and God's spirit in spite of what they see. So now God is telling you, Repent. Remove your eye from your own your own way of doing things. Put your eye on our own way. And you are saying, oh God, what should I hold on to? He said, have faith in God. So, God tells you, this is not the way. That is the way. When well, you are asking God, what is the assurance? He said, I am the assurance. Do you follow that? I am the assurance. Have faith in God. My word to you, that word given to you, is the evidence. You hold on to it. It is is faith that makes us understand that the world was framed. It's a true faith we can understand. Now, how how can you explain that somebody said, let them be light"? He's trying to tell you that your chair, this chair you're sitting down on, came because somebody spoke. We understand it. This faith. It is faith that lets us explain that even though you cannot see it, it is real. Are you following me now? It is faith that makes us understand that the things that are real are not just things that are physical, it's not just the things you can handle and touch. So it tells you cast not away your confidence, which has great recompense of the world. For you of are after you have done the will of God. You receive the promise. Remember what we said. This is what a principle in the doctrine of Christ. At every point in the doctrine of Christ, you need to be a person of faith. Okay, you are faced with the temptation. Somebody is tempting you to, to do this thing. And God's own does not look so sweet. Why should I trust God's own and ignore this one? Because His word has said Are you following that? His word may not look like what will work now. But in due time. yet a little why. I will receive the promise of this thing. Are you you getting this? It's the principle induction of Christ. What what was the last thing I said about conversion and spirit? Just read it to me. Read it to me. What did I say? Faith is choosing to stick with the conversion. Did you not get that? The no, no, no. But the last thing I said about faith is choosing to... How does faith work? Okay. Faith works by choosing... Okay. By choosing to stick with the conviction of God's word and God's gift. Now, that takes me to another point as I begin to round up. If faith is choosing to stick with the conviction of God's word and God's spirit in spite of the obvious circumstances or the obvious things around us, that means man cannot form it. Man you can't forge it. It has to be given to you. Since it is a guarantee from God to trust Him. Remember, I called it what? The substance is tangible. The evidence of things hoped for. The substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Imagine now. Let's, let's, let's look at. It. An example. I'm trying to go to the point to understand that faith is not blind, is not is not blind movement or blind foolishness. There is conviction that bears faith. Imagine you wanted to jump from this place down, and is telling you not to jump. Then somebody you now see a man appear and do his hand like this and say, Jump. Then you tell every other person, see this man! Everybody say, We cannot see anything. Say, but I'm seeing a man there. Say, we cannot see it. Then you jump, and all of a sudden, you don't see you fall. Instead, you land differently. They are not seeing the invisible force, but they are seeing the light that I have demonstrated. Are you getting that? Faith is not foolishness. For faith to work, there must be a release of conviction from God's word and God's spirit. For example, let's look at an example. Oh, you see, the Bible now begins to give examples of this kind of things. It says Verse 4. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which which he did what? Obtained witness that he was righteous, God justifying of his gifts, and by it he being there yet speaker. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see it and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them. Oh lord. Oh that scripture used to be my best scripture before Galatians two twenty took over. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God, remember what I think that God is the assurance, right? For he that comes to God must believe that he is God, that he is, and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, verse 7. I like verse 7. I prepared the example in verse 7 to verse 5 and verse 4 because if you say verse 4, how did Abel know what to sacrifice? See, the Bible doesn't give us the proof of those information. But verse 7 helps us. It says, By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an act to the saving of his house, by which he condemned the world, <laughs> and became the heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Now, look at that verse 7 and match it to verse 1. Verse 1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Now, see verse 7. By faith Noah being one of God of things not seen as yet. Now, what was the substance of the things hoped for? What was being hoped for? The rain. But what was the substance that Noah had? The word. Are you following this? God was telling him About something that had never happened before, they had not seen rain ever fall before. But God's word was what the evidence. Now, let me say, faith and fear don't mix. I get their point, but in this case, (laughs) by faith, you are being warned of God of things not seen as yet, move with fear wait what does that tell you you know one of the most confused teachings in the body of Christ is the teaching of faith because they don't go from the premise faith another kind of faith is that faith is is the standpoint of God on anything for instance imagine you were here or you are at home and God showed you a vision in a dream and said don't use this so and so car. That car will have an accident. Are you fooling me? The Holy Spirit showed you. Don't use that You woke up, shut out your dream. Forget that thing. Nah, that dream from the devil. He went and used the car and had the accident. And said, God, why? You see, you are not walking by faith. Are you fooling that? He said, but I prayed against it. Uh-uh. Faith is choosing the standpoint of God on a matter. God has already showed you that this is what is going to happen. What is faith? Faith is saying, Oya, yeah, take off. Don't use that word. Faith is sticking with God's standpoint. It is the character of the Spirit who is following me. It is a principle in your presence in Christ. Tells you that lady, it will not work. That lady, she will discover your life. He said, No, it must be it. Say, My faith is yes, God cannot say no. Well done. Can <laughs> I and say, faith begins where the will of God is known, where the standpoint of God is known. So, when God reveals his standpoint now. Somebody said, but the examples you are giving us right now, they are looking negative. There are other times in the word of God, where, for instance, if something wrong is happening to you, maybe you are going through a challenge. What does God's standpoint reveal? Maybe you are sick. The standpoint of God says, By His stripes, you are healed. The standpoint of God says, that healing is the children's bread. You stick to that standpoint as revealed by the word and by the spirit. Now, why do I say word and spirit? Because there are basic things that the word of God talks about. Are you following me? That applies to your life. For instance, there's no way you want to explain to me hmm? that God will intentionally use suffering and put upon somebody for no reason. See, I was just there, God just put me. God me something. They will not quote Job. They forget that it was actually the devil. Faith is works by finding out what is God's standpoint on this matter and sticking to it. That's a man that works like this. For instance, God is telling you. It's time to start your business. It's time to start that company. You say, no, I like this job. See, if you're sticking to that job because they're paying you 3.2 million per month and you refuse to start that company, you are not working by faith. Are you following me? When you see a man operated by a force that you cannot explain logically, I mean, this, is a, this is a faith man. Do you, do you get that now? So he begins to tell you how that by faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should receive after he should receive and for inheritance, obeyed and he went out not knowing whither he went. He will study this whole book of Hebrews. He will see that there are some times where there good things happen to people. There are some times where bad things happen to people because of their faith. There are some times where the standpoint on some matters. Is that this is what God? This is the standpoint. He gave testimonies of how people have to suffer, surrender their life for the gospel. He talked about that. But there are some other times where surrendering your life is not the thing. Praise the Lord. Those cases, if you go and surrender your life, my guy, you just you just give charity gift. Praise the Lord. assignment for today. Go and read through all the entire book of Hebrews and see the dimension of the life of faith. You will find out that faith is choosing to stick to God's standpoint. After you've repented on your own works and God has shown you His own, it is that you choose to stick to His own. Let His own give him assurance. So, you will see verses like Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So it is that, there must be a transaction between you and God, whereby an an assurance is birthed in your heart. Whereby you can choose to stick to His own in spite of what is around you. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time of the word and fellowship. Be thou exalted, Jesus. We thank you because we are growing and growing strong in the revelation of the truth. In Jesus' name, Amen. Say with me unto the measure, the stature, the fullness. unto right. the measure, the stature, the Thank you for listening to the psalm. We hope you have been blessed by the teaching. Please visit our website newbridgeccng.org to download more of our sermons. Remain blessed.